Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm sorry, my bird just tried to climb on a cord and she fell off and she fell on the floor and it was awkward. But anyways, <laughs> let's do this. Okay, so uh, lukewarm open time. You know, as well as I do, that it is December now and that means Christmas time is around the corner. Josh, is Christmas your favorite uh, holiday? No. What? Okay, it's not mine either, to be fair, so I, rest, I probably shouldn't act super surprised. <laughs> but what's your favorite holiday? Um, Honestly, I just have a lot of good memories of Hanukkah, so I think I got to go Hanukkah. Ah, or okay, Passover. I was gonna say, if you were going to say, like, if you were going to say Thanksgiving, I was going to be like, wow, that's so lame. Nah, I've never really cared about Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, that's why we didn't have a Thanksgiving-themed episode, because Thanksgiving is just kind of lame, you know? Mm-hmm. But for Lukewarm Open today, I kind of wanted to... How would you run, like, a major holiday in D&D? Like, any, and what would it be? Like, what would the holiday be? Well, I always like the kind of, um, like, festivals to celebrate the new season. And those yeah, ones are always spring. fun, because you can have, like, a whole town be involved in, like, a... A farmer's market or a fair or like there's it's it's things that would have interesting events for the players to see or engage with so what would what would that look like in a game like in a in a game of D? well so when it comes to like uh like a festival what i would probably do um you could always have like contests whether it's like, ooh, this is a classic. strength contest, or um, you get like a pie eating contest, like kind of like the stuff. So you just ran for us a yeah. It was it was a fair. It wasn't really a holiday. It was yeah, a but fair. I mean, I mean, like this the fair. same ideas of what you ran in that fair could be run for a holiday. Just think of it as like a holiday celebration. How would you how would you weave like? the lore of a holiday into something do you have any holidays in your world that you have already yeah i have like a winter's festival like a sort of is christmas like, an, like is there like traditions and things in that holiday like do you have it like fleshed out or is it just kind of like a thing that they pass by uh well so i have like way too much lore for it but <laughs> Like, the party doesn't need to or really does care about it. The The thing for me is that I wanted it to be like, why is this a thing? Like, why are they still celebrating this? Like, what's the what's the importance of it? And so, like, I the, the one that I go back to is this Winter's Festival because I want it to feel like Christmas so they have some sort of, like, relation, like, some sort of, like, basic understanding of what it is that their players would actually have that the characters would actually have so the, the festival in the world the actual world lore for it is that they the the nation where it got popularized was like a, a communist nation and they had every winter they had the 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 like give out of these seeds to all the farmers and so the farmers would all get their seeds for the year. But it was kind of delivered in such a way that it was like a gift. And so uh, it was it was delivered in these nice fancy boxes and it was this whole thing. And so the farmers around that time um, would use it as a as a time to like, oh, give something to somebody they cared about. And then it kind of just grew and grew and grew to where all of a sudden more people are giving gifts on that day that aren't even farmers. And then it kind of expanded from there. And there's a whole bunch of like little minutia lore about how it spread and things, but I do not think it is actually, it, it, it would be interesting enough to go into here. <laughs> no. Yeah, totally. Totally. Do you, for holidays, do you like, do you run them a lot? Do you have very many or is it just like, here and there um because i find that a lot of players are interested in that kind of stuff obviously mm -hmm. but i was just curious if you have very many in your world or just like one or two i would love to have a lot and i would love to have 
players that care about them, but I don't have players that care about them or would want to. And so, I like, like, I have probably, like, seven and so, like, I keep I keep a very loose track of where what month it is, kind of where they are in that month and stuff. And so I can kind of keep track of, oh, if you're heading into this town now, you'll see them setting up for something. So if they're interested in finding out what it is, then they stay. If they're not, then they just head on to the next thing. Yeah, I feel like... um. I guess with holidays and fairs, they're like really, really heavy role play. And if you're like table isn't really heavy into lore and role play, then like sometimes they're not very fun to run. But at the same time, they can be really fun for like games and stuff because they can make a good laugh. But mm-hmm. I don't know how I've, I've sat at your table like once. I don't really know how heavy into lore and RP they are. But I mean, they're not like against it. Like, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has to be important. Like, if it's just world lore, they're not going to care. If it is important to, like, who the big bad evil guy is or, like, things like that, then they're like, ooh, I gotta know this. Dear... Now, this is... For some reason, this is what came to my mind, but dear... Are your players, like, um, traditional, like, heroes when they play D&D? Or they, like they like to be, yeah. I have... Because... Over the years... Uh, like, cause we've been, I've been playing this game for a few years now. I'm not sure how many, I think it's like five with the same kind of basic group. And so we've all kind of like grown each other and you can kind of see that and how, how the game has kind of morphed with this group. And so in the way that I like to play games where there's like moral ambiguity and, and not everything is cut and dry. You are the hero. I, I, we have all kind of like they have, I have learned to play, to make a game where they can feel like heroes at times, but they have also come to enjoy these kind of complex storylines where it's, hey, like we have to decide what is being a hero in this situation. Yeah. So do you have like, I mean, traditional things like stealing and stuff that your PCs do, or are they pretty, like, above board with that kind of stuff? Above board. They're very above board with all that stuff. Wow. I mean, that's just, like, a total... <laughs> I don't know. I always have at least someone in... At least a couple people in a D&D campaign who are, like, you know, stealing stuff and, you know, like, not being a typical or hero, like, you know. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. always interesting to me because... I, uh, when I play D&D, I'm very, very chaotic when I play D&D, and I usually like to play, because, well, I mean, in real life, obviously, I'm, like, a very, very, I like to think I'm a very good person, but in D&D, I like to kind of, Well, we like, all like to deceive ourselves, the, like, Aaron. Difference. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I like but, to step into, like, a different, I don't know, like, a different, do but, things so that I, I think, can't I think do. the thing is, they have, they have, uh, like, they see their moral compass continuing into the game which is uh, the way i like to do it as well where i don't i don't want to do something that like is so beyond what i would actually do in real life um i mean occasionally like if that's what the player would do i mean if that's what the character i built would do but like um one of the things the reason why i think my party is like this and they don't uh, they don't like steal and they don't try to like keep things from each other is because, like, I mean, they keep things from each other, like, ooh, not until this is revealed for story reasons type stuff. But, like, they don't, like, ooh, I'm going to hand you 15 of the 25 gold I got. Like, that type of stuff doesn't happen. Um, But because when it does happen, that character gets ostracized for it. Like, when that gets revealed that they've been stealing or whatever, like, the party's like, we're not okay with that. And so one yeah, of the... so it's kind of like uh, everybody plays above board, and if somebody doesn't, then it's kind of like uh, awkward. <laughs> yes. So what just happened in, like... So one some of the characters... One of the characters, his, his, the person he was playing, died in a combat. It was... This big thing, it was this, it, he, they were fighting this battle and the big bad evil guy was kind of, one of the big bad evil guys was kind of sitting above watching the fight 
And he's like, you know, the big bad evil guy is not getting involved. I'll just throw a fireball at him anyways. So he nice. purposely <laughs> purposely antagonizes this guy. And so he realized what he did was stupid. He was like, this dude was staying out of the fight. I engaged him. Like, I, I get it. I should be dead. <laughs> but um, in that, he uh, started a new character. And his new character kind of is is goofier. And so he's kind of um, susceptible to other people's ideas to, to an extent. And so one of the other people convinced him, hey, you should like, you just found like 25 gold. Like you should keep 10 of it and just say you found 15. And so he did that. <laughs> yeah. He oh. did something like that. But he failed his deception roll. And it was only over like five to ten gold so it wasn't like a whole lot of money but the rest of the players are like oh i don't know if i can trust you anymore uh, like, if, no. if, if losing my trust was worth 10 gold here you can have it like and it was a whole thing <laughs> yikes it, yeah yeah like it made <laughs> he was like kind of hitting the face with like oh crap i messed up real bad yeah man my table's not like that at all. <laughs> My table's not like that at all. Yep. I mean, you guys are like, well, I mean, I guess it depends. Like Jonah's character is pretty, a pretty good character for the most part. But even then, still. <laughs> but uh, oh man, some of some of the players, some of the characters in our table, the table that you play at, are pretty. <laughs> pretty not uh i mean someone's going for world domination i don't think you can have <laughs> yeah. a lot of sweet people in that kind of a environment no you certainly can't you certainly can't yeah i don't know i i because when i was i the reason i brought that up is because in the recap yesterday when i was talking about like our heroes and i wasn't 100 percent sure because it's like we aren't really heroes, but we are kind of heroes at the same time. We're like, heroes. You guys are invested in, like, stopping bad people, but at the same time, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, bad stuff that you guys do, too. <laughs> but we're definitely the heroes of the story, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, I guess compared to some of the villains, for sure, but at the same time. Wow, know, it's pretty... compared to some of the villains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it... It's hard to, it's hard to have like, cause like Jonah's character is just so different from um, Jordan's character, and like Jordan's character is so different from you know Chris's character in morals, and so it's just kind of like, it's all kind of like all over the place. So it's just interesting to see how it kind of like works out, mm-hmm. it's like kind of slowly changes people's perspectives. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I tend again. I tend to play like kind of chaotic when I play D and don't know if it's just because I like to do again. I like to do stuff that's like a little bit different than what I would in real life, and it's kind of fun to like experience the. I stole some gold, ooh, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I probably would never kill someone either. Like, even in like a weird, even in like a, I mean, in a like self defense combat thing i don't know i'd have a hard time doing that too but you know but it's just uh it's just fun to like play a little bit on the edge when in real life you're not on the edge (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. do you okay we i know it's going 15 minutes but do you find it hard to play a character that's like on the edge like that's a little bit bad and a little evil in some cases well i don't like this question why not? Because it, it, cause it <laughs> proves that my moral fiber is not as good as it probably should be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you going to say no, you find it easier? <laughs> no, it's no, it's just fine. Like, because, like, I think, I, like, there is something... See, now this, could, this is why I don't like this question. Because <laughs> anything I, I, could, I could say sounds terrible. Like, I was just about to say, like, sometimes it just feels easier to just get Stab rid of someone. your problems. <laughs> yeah, but I know exactly what you mean, though, especially in D&D. But, like, 
that's also terrible. But also it's like, hey, if I leave this dude alive, he could come back and be a problem later. I literally can't leave him alive. And like yeah. the more the good being a good character would be like, no, you can't do that. Like he gave up, he he surrendered. But like as an evil per- character, you'd be like, yeah, okay, let's take him out. Yeah, kind of like um, we we had that a little bit of an experience like that yesterday when the dwarf, the dwarf cleric guy surrendered, and then it was kind of like, well, I guess we just got to kill him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, he he also did not surrender as he should have. No, I mean he didn't. No, not fully. But um, and then the slave one too. The slaves where it was like, you know, they might be in the party later and you know turn on us from mm. whatever's like growing inside them. So, well, no, that one that one was a different situation. Is that was like, hey, we're not going anywhere near where you need us to go. And they're like, no, but please come with us. And you're like, we're not going in that direction. We can literally, we can give you supplies and help you, but that's it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, again, at the same point, at the same time, like, they have nothing. They don't even know where they are, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, just being left out in the open, would they rather take their chances with a random group of people who just killed a bunch of guys in front of them and, you know, seem like they're pretty capable? Or would they rather take their chances wandering back out to get captured again? So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it, it's I think it's it's obviously easier to play, like, an evil character in D&D because you can just, like, kill, you know? Like, you can just, like, I don't like this guy anymore. Stab, stab, stab. He's mm-hmm. not a problem. And I think, you know, it's hard to, it can be hard to differentiate the D, the game of D&D Instead of like it being like a moral, like your character is actually living in it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna end it there and yep. uh, begin the topic. No, I can't. Fun. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? I know something about boulders. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's two brothers. But first, before I get into the topic, I want to talk about how I found this topic because that was a that was a uh, it was a trip for me. It kind of shocked me a bit. So, for those of us who use TikTok, <laughs> TikTok has a bunch of different communities on there of like, oh, this person makes content for the, my mind is blanking on everything right now, historical community, and this is the science know, okay. community, and this is the chemistry community, and this is the crafting and arts, and like, there's a bunch of different communities on there, and that's part of the reason why it's so entertaining is that you could find these First of all, things that you've never thought you'd be interested in and things that you totally knew you were interested in. And you okay, can just well, now learn... you have to give us an example. Now you have to give us an example of, of what? what you found that was interesting that you never thought you'd be interested in. Uh, Really, really pretty Christmas wrapping. Like somebody who's like <laughs> really was... good at it. I was not expecting you to say that at all. <laughs> I told Yeah, it's not something I thought I would ever say either. Like if you watch Christmas it, Christmas wrapping. It's oddly satisfying, my dude. Like somebody who's like a master at it is like, you're like, there's no way that that is enough sheet. That's that's not enough piece of paper to wrap that whole item. How are you gonna do that? And then they do it perfectly, and you're like, what in the world? How I, did you make I'm that terrible, work? I'm a terrible rapper when it comes to Christmas. Uh, I mean, I've got a fire mixtape, but I'm really, really bad at uh, wrapping Christmas gifts. <laughs> I'm just saying right now. I am the cut the person who just like uses way too much wrapping paper and just like covers the box as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was on um I was searching through just my my they curate pages of like, ooh, this is stuff that you'll like. Um and so uh this was I found a person from metal TikTok. So all about metal music and that kind of stuff. And I'm gonna shout out their their tag here. Uh, they're Dead Boy ninety four, and it's spelled D E D B O I ninety four. Dude has a crazy like like uh, there is so little like it, uh, the videos he'll make are on so many different topics, on so many different things, and so I would just be scrolling through my my follow the page of of things that i people that i follow and i'm like oh like 
this dude is now making making a a video about this thing or about that thing and it's the same person but he's his content is all over the the map as i'm scrolling through one day i find a video of this guy with a fantasy character pictured behind him and i'm like wait what like i found you because of metal music what are you doing talking about fantasy Turns out he's talking about Forgotten Realms lore, which I love. And I was like, this is fantastic. And he has shown me like eight amazing characters that I never knew of that I'm like, I want to learn all about these people. You know what's interesting? There are a lot of people that um, you would never expect or like think about that love D&D. When I was at jury duty um, over the last whatever, two weeks ago now. Mm Mm-hmm. There were like so they have you have to give like a basic introduction of yourself like hi I'm Aaron I like blah 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 my hobbies are this and there were like ten people in that courtroom who all were like my hobbies D and D and I was like what the heck is happening in real life yeah. I thought D and D was like not a thing that people talked about <laughs> yeah now it's like yeah oh yeah D and D is just like a thing that people are into it's just a hobby like any other um, totally wild I was blown away yeah and so. He has talked about a bunch of different characters, this this TikTok creator. And the one that I'm currently picked for this week's topic is Ivan and Pickle, Boulder Shoulder. Now, just from their name, what race do you think they are? Dwarves. I have no idea, but that's my best guess. Oh, no, you're right. You're a thousand. Yes, it's dwarves. Oh, really? Yes, oh, wow. they're dwarves. <laughs> now, Ivan and Pickle Boulder Shoulder, they were born in the, in the area of Vasa, a cold, untamed land in the north of Faerun. They ended up living at Spirit Soaring, a library temple to the god of Denir. Denir was, was the lesser good deity of art, cartography, glyphs, images, knowledge, literature, and scholars. This temple was owned and operated by Catterley Bonaduce, an incredibly highly powered cleric adventurer who gained a lot of fame and power throughout his travels. From this place came these two brothers. Let's start with Ivan. From his appearance and general demeanor, you could mistake him as just a stereotypical dwarf. But he is so much more than that. Ivan is incredibly strong. Able to dual wield two large double headed axes. He also wields. Yeah, yeah. He also wields. So he's tiny. Yeah. He also wields a crossbow made by Catterley Bonajuche. This crossbow bolt, the bolts of this crossbow have housings inside them that hold vials of oil of impact. Now, oil of impact is an oil that when under extreme force, or you could say an impact, explode. So it's an explosive bolt firing crossbow. Wow. I mean, that sounds super, super powerful. Yeah, it's incredibly cool and incredibly powerful. Now, wait, before we continue, Mm -hmm. how much money do you think one of those bolts costs? Well, they have a number... They have a number of gold pieces that how much a uh, oil of impact cost. How much do you think it oh, is? Oh, do they? Yes. I know exactly how much an oil of impact vial cost. Hmm. And we're talking like actual D&D economy? Like actual like, D&D economy. I wish I knew how much damage it does. Over, yeah, I don't like, even know um, that. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let's, let's do something totally outlandish and say 1,000 gold. 5,000 gold. Gosh dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ivan has a helmet that has antlers coming from it. He uses these antlers to gore people. He'll headbutt them using these antlers as weapons. Dude, this guy is rough. Holy cow. Yeah, Ivan is awesome. I posted a picture of him in uh, could you Discord. imagine i mean could you like imagine yourself goring someone with your own helmet antlers like that's that's that is wild it is <laughs> he's also really cool though yes now his brother pickle 
He's an odd one. <laughs> He's kind of the opposite of Ivan. Where Ivan is a stereotypical dwarf in a lot of ways, from his demeanor to his look to his looks to the way he talks. Pickle is anything but. He has dyed his hair green. He wears a green sleeveless robe and sandals. This is instead of any sort of traditional clothes of dwarves, which are more like armor and heavy boots. He even wears a cooking pot as a helmet when charging into battle. (laughs) He charges into battle with his favorite weapon, a large wooden club with shillelagh on it so he can use his wisdom score. He calls this weapon his shalala. (laughs) Also, he is a dwarven druid, or as he calls it, he's a doodad. A what? A doodad. Why does he call it a doodad? Well, well, you'll you'll hear, you'll you'll see, you'll hear, you'll know. Spoiler alert! That's what it was. What? I said my question had spoilers in it. You you would have spoiled part of the story. Yeah. So he's a dwarven druid, which is incredibly abnormal in the Forgotten Realms. Dwarves are are like so rarely druids, if ever. Is there a reason for that, or is that just like just because they are? No, it's definitely there's definitely a reason. It's druids are so in D and D lore. Now, this is a thing that is thrown out by nearly every DM I've ever talked to. <laughs> uh, in the racial feature, like in the in the in the class features for druid, when it comes to armor, it says can't wear any metal armor. This is because druids are all about nature and. They just have a thing against it. And so that, even though that's something that DMs throw out, that's still an important part of the lore of a druid in D&D. So the Forgotten Realms, druids are against a lot of what the dwarves do. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, Metal making are... and armor yeah, and they're making. Also like, yeah, they also have proficiency in like medium armor or whatever from the get-go. Just as a racial ability, I think. I think so too. Yeah, so I, they might it might even be heavy armor. Yeah, it might be. I don't remember, but it's one of those. But so because of this, there's just kind of a a natural repulsion for both sides to not be involved. Now, thanks to his druidic powers, he can communicate with beasts and animals, and he does so regularly. But when talking to humanoid sentient beings, his vocabulary is seemingly more limited as he sticks to vocalizations like he, 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 poof, boom, kind of uh, others like this as well. What? <laughs> I he, love him he, so much. Yeah, yeah, he just kind of has a harder time speaking in traditional language. That doesn't mean he's dumb in any way, as he is, when he says these vocalizations and things, his brother Ivan will often translate what Pickle is saying to other people. What? <laughs> so it's not just, like, noises? He actually, it's like his own language? Yeah, and his brother understands it and can translate. Now, Pickle and Ivan are fantastic brothers, as they mess with each other constantly. Ivan is the typical no-nonsense dwarf, and Pickle knows the perfect ways to get under his skin and mess around. Like, one of the things that he likes to do is when Ivan is talking and he mentions the word brother, Pickle will just randomly say, Me brother! (laughs) And just, like, interrupt him and, like, just mess around in ways that, that he knows gets under his brother's skin, and it's fantastic. You know... While that is so awesome, in real D&D, it can be really annoying as a player when somebody like does that kind of stuff to you. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know, like when somebody like is pushing your buttons in D&D when they're like trying to like, it can be fun. Obviously, it can be fun, but like mm-hmm. when you're trying to like get something done or do something and like a character is just like constantly harassing your character about stuff and you're just like, oh, let me do something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I don't think it's, it's, I think that's different. I think. I think the kind of play and back and forth that like a brother and sister, like a kind of that, that kind of like familial relationship kind of back and forth. 
yeah, is no, different yeah, yeah, totally. than pushing buttons just to be irritating. No, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Pickle and Ivan have some incredible skills that, and Pickles uh, specifically, that make him enviable to other dwarves. As one of the only dwarven druids, he has druidic powers to affect the earth, such as changing the form of solid stone into liquid and reshaping it to, into any form that he wants to. Uh, he's a very skilled druid, not a master yet, but very powerful. And he does it all one-handed, as Pickle lost his arm in battle against Obald Many Arrows, an incredibly intelligent orcish leader that led an assault on Mithril Hall, one of the dwarves' strongest and most well-known strongholds in all of Faerun. Oh, poor Pickle. That's so sad. After this, he led... He, he was a part of a group which what they did... <laughs> They channeled some explosive gas into a large section of this kind of underground cavern underneath the mountain where a bunch of these, this orc and his, his men are coming and attacking from. And they literally blow up like a huge side of a mountain by igniting this flammable gas that they kind of spread throughout it. They have a bunch of crazy adventures like this where they just... A lot of the heroes in the Forgotten Realms have stories that would fit perfectly in any D&D game where you're like, that would be such a cool thing to go through as a player. These and two... These two are no different. These two... Yeah, these two definitely seem like... um The Lord of the Rings movies, The Hobbits, it just seems like they like... The Lord of the Rings, the people who who uh, made those movies were like, let's copy these guys' shenanigans and do <laughs> stupid stuff. <laughs> but like these, so this these guys are in the books written by R.A. Salvatore, and I would highly suggest reading them. R.A. Salvatore is a very good writer, and the fact that he is he has created these characters is fantastic, and I would love to know more about them. Um. This is the majority of what I have. I have a little bit more, but we're going a little long. So I'll cut it here and say I would like to create something like I don't know whether we want to create just like historical heroes or heroes that are still existing in the world. Um, I just think we need we need some powerful adventurers to have affected the world of season three in some way. Okay, I like that. And my first immediate thought was doing like a, um, like a, uh, oh, what is his name? John Smith type of hero. I thought you were going to uh, say John Cena. No. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, no, like a well, John okay, Cena um, hero. Yes. The everyman yes. hero that we all need. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You can, you know, he just the best wrestler of all time, you know? Uh, <clears throat> uh, um, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, like, two wrestlers. I know John Cena and The Undertaker, and I don't even know who The Undertaker's name is. You don't even know Macho Man? Macho Man? Is that Randy Savage? Yeah, Macho Man Randy <laughs> oh. Savage. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't even know who that is. I don't even know what he looks like. Is he the old guy with, like, with the gray weird beard? Or is that Hulk Hogan? That might be Hulk Hogan. I think you're thinking of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> wow, I am ashamed that I even know you I right now. I don't know anything about <laughs> the fake wrestling. I mean, uh, let, let, let me be honest here. The only way that I originally researched who Randy Savage is is because there was a mod for Skyrim where you could make the dragons Macho Man Randy Savage and the Death Claws. <laughs> And it was so in Fallout, so and it was fantastic. So I had Fallout had so Death Claws that were Macho Man Randy Savage, and Skyrim had them as Dragon, and it was fantastic. <laughs> so dumb. And it played their so wrestling stupid. intro music when they showed up, and it was so stupid, but so fantastic. No, but I was not talking about John Cena. <laughs> Instead, um, like a like a character who who kind of like started the whole um 
civilization of the new world. Interesting. That was my first, my first inclination. I don't know, you have any ideas? No, I mean, I like that. Or like a group of individuals who first explored the new land, and they went through like tons of adventures exploring the, the jungles of the new land. Mm-hmm. And uh, came back to the old world with maps and items and like animals and species that they've collected to bring back to show everyone. And maybe even went back and started like a, a settlement, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like fought some some sort of like evils on the island. Thoughts? I think that's I think that's an interesting one. Is is somebody who because at that point there's not like because this this land for season three for people who who haven't listened to other episodes, it was made magically, so it doesn't have like. There was no people who were born originally here. There's no indigenous people to this land. So instead of having like a colon it being like a colonizer story, it's just a a person who finds this weird magic land, which is an interesting you know, change for the idea of that could this. also be um you could also kind of play off this as like this hero becomes like the first indigenous person of that island that could be a very interesting uh twist to it as well and that's how like people first got there is like mm. he maybe he left with a group from the like civilized world after he was like rejected or told he was crazy or something and he left with the group and they like lived there for thousands of years or whatever until um the civilized world found it again It'd be interesting like an interesting uh story mm-hmm or even he 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 goes back and forth numerous times, and then the last time his like ship crashes or whatever, and he gets stuck on the island with all of his like you know people, and they like form the indigenous people of the um, island. That could be really really interesting. So then like when the civilized world comes, they're like killing their own people technically. Interesting. They just don't know it. <laughs> but anyways. My first thought was definitely doing like some like explorer, like an explorer type who like explored these uncharted lands and, you know, har- harnessed the power of giants, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it would be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second thing we could, we could do is like some sort of military, like huge hero who, you know, defended his lands from the orcish invasion or whatever. I just made that up, but, you know, you could do something like that. You could do like a group of people, like a a group, like maybe a, a like a fighter and his bard traveled around the world and did all sorts of fun things. And now the bard is the only one alive. He's the last one left alive, and he tells the stories. He can still be found today telling the stories of um their John Cena. like battles. Yeah, John Cena. Yeah, so you could do something like that too. Interesting. I I. I definitely don't want the person to be alive anymore. Okay. But I think that's just because it's been so long since they were actually here. I think I like the idea of an explorer the best, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I, I like that. Um, so then what do we want, what, what do we want the, this explorer to do? Well, they find, they find and settle the land. But I think they're, they are one of the few people that are like adventurers on this new land. So what are the enemies and monsters and things that they find on this weird, magically created land? I don't know. Like, my first, again, my first instinct is to go, like, giants. Like, there's giants on this land, and these guys became famous for killing giants and harnessing, like, their ancestral powers or whatever. Like, they, you know, they have, they fought and felled giants and dragons and giant King Kong gorillas and all these like crazy you know dinosaurs and mythological beasts that they have like slayed um mm-hmm. and even like brought back specimen and documentation of each, um for the civilized world to discover and see maybe even they like famously killed like this the like a sea monster who guarded this island or whatever so now people can actually make their way there mhm like maybe numerous ships in the past had 
tried to come to this island, but whatever was guarding the seas around it, they destroyed their ships and destroyed them. And then these, this hero, these heroes came and fell the giant, you know, kraken or whatever, and something like that would be really fun too. Hmm. What was what would be their like main like the main goal would just be to explore like make maps. What's what's this hero's main goal? What was his main? Well, so that's why I said um, who is he they, sent They're by? literally establishing a city there. They're establishing people there. Like yeah. maybe they were refugees and they ran from like maybe slavery or some some sort of issue in their original nation, and they went here only thinking hey maybe there's nations and people here finding nothing they're like hey why don't we just like build a home here no i like that a lot i like that a lot do you think um do you think they're like famous all over the world like is this like a they're well loved all over the world or is it like a despised by a certain point section of the world and loved by others yeah i think the people i think there's a, a what do you think the problem is? Like, what do you think they're running from? Because I think that I don't know. determines. Really... What are, I mean, obviously, you could, there, what are like things in real life that people have run away from to like become refugees or escape? You know, obviously, there's like tyranny, um, you know, political, religious, economic, anything like that, all those kind of problems that arise within humanity. Mm-hmm. They could have fled like a some sort of evil, like a some sort of demon or something that had taken over some different place, like a part of the civilized world, which could be really interesting. And they still have a stronghold there today. Um, they could have fled differences in like um, or like a famine. They could have yeah fled from famine. They could flee from disease. Um, any of those really. Um, I think though, I think would be really fun to do would be like a, uh, do like a a two for one explorer and fighter. Like he fled with a bunch of people from the civilized world, from this like demon incursion or whatever, or like a, yeah, like a demon took over one of the lands and like controlled parts of the land, and he like fled with his people to the new world, settled it, and then when he gained up enough strength, he came back to try and fight the demon and retake his lands for his own people again. Mm. And whether he succeeded or not, it's up to us, but I think that'd be a really interesting and fun dynamic. And so how would you how would you play on that dynamic? How would you... I don't know. Um I first would probably, I mean, we have to flush out like his whole life probably. Um you know, he probably would have grown up in like a small a small like farming community where um not much would be known about the outside world, probably kind of kept to themselves, farmed, you know, gave gave that, you know, what they produced to the state or whatever, and just kind of lived their life. And then one day, you know, um, as, you know, father and son were traveling to the market um, in, you know, the big city or whatever, there's like a big attack of some kind and the city ends up falling into complete ruin and chaos and you could do something like the father died but the son escaped and he fled with the remaining like in a refugee like a refugee like caravan he fled to the ocean and they all you know boarded boats or even like it was a port town and they all got on boats and like slowly tried to escape from uh, escape into the sea as like these demons were like destroying boats as they were all trying to escape and uh like a few boats made it out and he was like the one who helmed the the uh expedition or his boat was the one that stayed back and he tried to like fend off while the rest escaped and then he mm-hmm. miraculously made it out that'd be really fun too so like this this like coastal city is attacked by all these demons that are trying to take over a portion of the civilized world and him and his troop or him and his men, um, maybe he was like a, a captain of the guard or like a, you know, like some sort of someone with a little bit of power, like a, a you know, guardsman, a military general, a captain or something like that. And him and his men fought off these, these demon hordes um, while the boats escaped. And then him and a few of his men were the last ones on the boat 
and they escaped, finally escaped the um, incursion, and he led mm-hmm. his his boats all the way across the sea um, and into the uncharted territories and lands to try and escape from this incursion. And then that's where they kind of settled. But they didn't have hardly anything with them. So they, because they fled so fast, they took like merchant vessels, whatever they could pretty much find. Everyone just panicked and tried to escape onto the docks. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they land in the New World, they quickly run out of supplies and they start um, using what's on in the land to create, you know, new ways to create different things, new ways to create clothing and armor and weapons. Um, and so their entire culture like does a 180 shift from this like civilized, you know, world to a little bit, I mean, I don't want to say primitive, but a little bit more primitive because the tools and means that they had at their disposal no longer really existed because they all just fled with whatever they could on their back as fast as they could. Mm-hmm. So they then came into this, like he settled this entire land and became this like indigenous um, hero who essentially founded and formed the uncharted land and all these different tribes and um, groups of people that now live in these uncharted lands. And then one day he bravely sailed back and was either a killed by his own people. Cause that'd be interesting or B tried to go fight this demon. And well, I do like, I do like that he goes and fights the demon and he wins and then he's killed by his own people. That'd be interesting. Um, and so, so like, he okay, what I think happens, of- he goes to fight this demon. In the fight, he somehow contracts like a, a demonic disease or maybe the blood of this demon seeps into him and like he starts to take on demonic features. So when he goes back, people think he's a demon or he's been possessed or like he's no longer the hero they be- that he once was. Hmm... I like it, but at the same time, I kind of want like a, a hero hero who was like a hero for forever. Like he was just, he started a hero and he ended a hero, you know? Like he's just a hero of legend. He, mm-hmm. or maybe like we do what you said, like he goes back and he fights this demon, but it left him like injured or diseased or something. And then somebody took advantage of that. He couldn't make the journey back to his, um, back to the uncharted territories and uh, a group of uh, somebody in the civilized world killed him and discovered that there's a whole new world awaiting and that they it could be theirs for the taking because this guy came back from some other different world with totally different than how he left. And they mm-hmm. discovered like maps or whatever in his ship. And they were like, they became the like, the uh, anti-heroes who first explored the new world and figured out this whole new way of living and civilization and resources and possibility. And then that's how the civilized world discovered this uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. So while he was a hero and he fought back and he won his, you know, got revenge for what hit, what this thing did to his people. He also partially like he died in the process or was killed there. Couldn't make the trip back. And they found like documents to, maps to this new uncharted area and then that's how the whole process started interesting and now like um he's well regarded in the new world's uh civilization because he was like their their leader and they're like the one who brought them to safety and led them to these new bountiful lands though a, a much different way of living and he died on the way back and after he died here came this like these new people that they never knew about is it ever revealed that the reason why they came here is because the stuff they found in that dude's backpack and that dude's like like his his items i would probably say that i would i would probably say they like assumed like they, they you probably could assume and figure it out but i think they take it to where like these people like viciously murdered him because he was different, and they were like, where did he come from? So, like, he was viciously murdered, and they found, like, I think it would be kind of more along that lines, and it's like a, a rallying point for the indigenous people of, like, um, they killed the one who brought us here, who started this whole entire, you know, 
um, who helped us settle this island. And then it, it kind of is a uniting point of the indigenous people. I think that'd be a really interesting mm-hmm. thing to, ha- way to do it. Okay, and so, how, okay, this dude and the group that he came with, how big is it? Because you, you have to have a certain amount of people to really have enough genetic diversity to really populate a location. So how big do you see this group being? I mean, I, I, I see it being fairly big, but what I'm thinking is, is like he, I don't know, like maybe he's like some sort of cleric or monk or something that gives him like extra long life. And he ends up living a long time past the majority of his people and his mm-hmm. people obviously end up like reproducing and stuff as he kind of oversees for thousands of years before he finally makes his way back. Like he, he's lived long enough um, and gained enough experience to finally make his way back to the civilized world where he finds it completely changed and different um, than what he left it as. So it's like a little bit of a sad story for him. Cause he like left the lands that he loved and came back to a place that was so different. And so um, morally changed that it, you know, either I hurt him or it like, you know, it um, it shocked him. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be 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 a really fun thing to play on as well, because if you lived that long from a from a place that you once called home and then came back thousands and thousands of years, civilization would look dramatically different than how you were used to it. And, now, uh, do you think he is um, he's living so long because of the power of the box and the power of the new land? Yeah, I mean that's a possibility for sure. Um, I would have to dis- figure out why it would only be him and not everybody. Yeah, else. that was my next thing: is why? Why is it only? Him? Yeah, I mean, maybe he did find the box in one of his explorations, and the box granted him this. That could be an interesting thing. Like he, he essentially found the fountain of youth type deal, um, where he found the box, and you know, wrote about it and extensively in his diaries and journals, and you know, um. That's another thing that the civilized world found, like when his ship was looted and ransacked after he was killed, um, that they like found there's some sort of mythical artifact that's creating the island and can create all sorts of different things for you. And it gave him the gift of life and like, like almost like immortality. And so the civilized world kind of was like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they, a very, I guess, um, Spanish uh, a very Spanish-inspired theme where the Spanish were, like, looking for all sorts of different treasures and things within the New World and end up making their way over there, settling it and conquering it. Now, how successful is the conquering? It, do they end up failing I don't, I don't in think the it's end? There I don't think it's there yet. Like, I think, I think I would either start the campaign right after this guy died, like, in mm-hmm. the civilized world, and, like, people are get, gathering and getting ready to go. Or I would start it, they have just like barely left and they've like just started the conquest and the incursion. So they have like made a big city there. I kind of love the idea of starting the players off with like, this dude was just killed. Yep. We, after he died, they realized who he was. Announced it to the world. Hey, this dude long thought lost is like, we, uh, we killed him just a minute ago. So clearly he wasn't lost, and like it's this big news story, and that's where you start the party off. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. I'd probably do like a, um, like uh, somebody who was previously, like you said, somebody who's previously thought dead and long lost, like a, a, a prestigious you know guard captain or whatever, a prestigious general or a prestigious you know military leader, who you know won wars and brought glory to his people. He. uh fled because of his failures or whatever in the east you know like where the incursion happened and mm. he fled to a new land and then found these like magical treasures and trinkets that have kept him alive and now he came back to exact his revenge on us or whatever so yeah kind of like wrap it in a little bit of propaganda because that's probably what would happen and um and then the party gets to discover like who he was what he did and like either the truths or the you know the stretching of the truths on either side mm-hmm. um and then, you know, maybe even they can go explore the new world or whatever, too, and see the stuff that he did there and, you know, maybe join the con- the conquest or maybe join the defense or anything like that. It could be very interesting. Yeah. 
definitely. But I think the I think you would you'd want to start it right after his death, like it was a big thing. Even maybe like start them, start the party like in that, uh, in that scene where like maybe the party are like you know I mean I hate doing being cliche, but maybe the party are in like a tavern, and some guy like comes bursting in the door who's bloody and wounded, like some older guy, you know. He was bloodied and blue. You know, he looks like a. You know, like you'd describe him as some sort of like indigenous. You know, like an indigenous person who comes like bursting through the door, like somebody they've never seen in their whole life, as like a bunch of guards run in and fight him, um, and maybe even kill him. And then you know they'd go on their first little like beginning mission of like kill rats in the basement, and then you know news breaks out like town criers like you know man killed in the city streets turns out to be you know general blah 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 you know like <laughs> mm. um coming back to exact his revenge on civilization you know that kind of stuff yeah. um so then they would be like a little bit partially invested and they'd be like oh interesting so it would be and then you know you would probably have more town criers that are like hired by the government who are like you know we're we're looking for volunteers to go f- go scour this new world that we have discovered and found from from this guy's you know writings and um maps it could be really fun i mean obviously you'd have to have like a a specific group who'd want to run that kind of campaign because it could be a really really like exploring and dungeon delving based but you could you could definitely throw some political intrigue and fun in there as well like different factions who had settled the island who are fighting each other and you know different um you know nations from the civilized world who have landed in these these um in the new world mm-hmm. very like you know u.s british french you know <laughs> spanish all that kind of stuff so like and they're fighting for control over the new world while there's like an indigenous group who are you know fighting separately for their own spot too yeah it could be really fun but all stemmed from this hero who was both a hero once in the civilized world and then a hero in the indigenous in the new world as well yeah well that is a interesting start and kind of um story plot hook to bring the party to the new world yeah 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 for sure and you know it can also be an introduction to a little bit of politics and fun like that too yeah it's not you know and they can totally abandon it it's not really like a you know (laughs) they don't even have to follow those threads if they don't want either they can go and explore the new world and get gold and treasure and loot or they can mm-hmm. play politics and invade a new world. Or they can play politics and defend a new world. They can, you know, they can do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then, surprise, big bad evil guy comes and, you know, he's trying to kill everyone. And then they band every the civilized world and the new world together and they fight off the big bad evil guy. Yes. The end. Yep. That's probably how I'd run it. <laughs> You'd play around with, like, an awkward political scheme all th- by the new world and the old world that are, like, killing each other and fighting over it. And then the big bad evil guy steps in, and the 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 party then like tries to unite the two together, and they win. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun, wholesome campaign. Well, I think I'm gonna cut it there. Heck yeah! As this is episode sixty three of Dungeoneered. Ooh. We created our own Pickle Rick, or whatever his name is. Pickle Boulder, Boulder Pickle, Ian and Boulder Pickle. Picker, pickle, Ian and pickle, Ivan and pickle, Ivan, (laughs) Boulder, shoulder. Ah, yes, that's what a what a fantastic last name, Boulder, (laughs) Boulder, shoulder. You know, it's just like you know, Doom Hammer or whatever, or you know, Iron Grip, or Stone Hand, Ash Hammer, or yeah. Battle hammer. Yeah, it's always like <laughs> adjective hammer. <laughs> you got your dwarven names. <laughs> well, there's literally the the king is Bruno or Battle Hammer. In D D? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he's currently, but he was. Yeah, I mean as long as you just do adjective that relates to like smashing and killing in war and then put hammer at the end of it. Or or like crafting even probably works too. And then you got yourself a dwarf clan name. Mm-hmm. Anyways, outro it is, baby. Yes, it is. And I 
will say that if you listen to us and any podcasting apps that have ratings and reviews, please write a review. It really helps the show, um, showing that you're engaging in more ways than just one. Um, if you want to write to us, we have an email at dungeoneered at hotmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you if you have suggestions on lukewarm opens or topics or even just to say, hey, I you inspired me to make this or that or, hey, you suck. Like, we'd love to hear it all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, you suck. We'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. Now, as I always say, Aaron, you got anything else? Um, no. Okay. Know. Nope. Well, always remember to be the sharpest barrel in the bunch. See you next time. Bye. 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 What was that? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Okay. I really don't. It just. It just happened, all right. <laughs> Listen, we're doing late night edition, and so <laughs> I'm, 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 I should have been in bed like ten minutes ago, even though it's only seven. Okay. Thank you.